I know who I am in Christ. I know he has given so much to me, and he has assured me of many things. I am a citizen of heaven in Christ. I have a filling of the fruit of the Spirit, and I am assured he is working all things for my good. Being in Christ also gives me purpose for living. Acts 1.8 identifies my purpose of being his witness. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. What does it mean to be a witness? Since it is part of our purpose in Christ, it would be good to know. A witness is someone who gives evidence after seeing, hearing, or experiencing something. As believers, we have definitely experienced something divine when our spirit was born anew with the Holy Spirit of God. Something worth talking about for sure. And after the Spirit comes to live within us, as we wait upon Him, we see things that just have to be expressed. We hear things that deserve a witness. When Christ spoke these words to the disciples, His resurrection was a fresh experience for them. They were just 40 days beyond it. When I stop and really think about what all of this might have been like for them. I can't imagine how eager they were to tell people about it. What a roller coaster of emotions they had journeyed through. What amazing things they had seen and had heard. In earlier times, Christ had called them to be his witnesses, and now after so much had been revealed, now after so many divine things had taken place right before their very eyes, Christ knew they were eager to tell everyone. In our verse this week, Christ reiterates their purpose, but he also gives some really important instructions about the power for that purpose of being a witness. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. As we talked about last week, just like it would be crazy to take the lights of a city and try to hide them, When a person embraces the saving life of Jesus Christ, it only makes sense that they will be a witness of this great work. The disciples were eager, but he knew they needed power. Why? See, God in his wisdom knows our witness will come against great opposition. Sometimes the opposition will come from within, and sometimes it will come from without. doesn't matter if it's going to be in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. There's going to be opposition for sure. Even though Satan has now been crushed under the foot of Christ by God's permission, he is still the prince of this world, and he will do everything he can to thwart the witness of God's great work in the lives of those who have received him. So, he will bring opposition. He will bring that pressure from without. He will use evil people to oppose our witness of what we have experienced and seen and heard. This opposition from without can be something as small as our boss at work telling us not to speak of Jesus during work hours, or it can be something as large as political lobbying groups opposing the name of God to be spoken in our schools. Or worse yet, it can be the very threatening of life for those around the world who have experienced the saving work of Jesus, but their government will not allow them to worship him, and they will kill them if they do. There is definite pressure from without, doesn't matter where you're at in the world, It's designed to snuff out our witness. But Satan has also designed pressure from within. He preys upon our personal areas of weakness and fear and sends fiery arrows into our hearts and minds. These arrows are designed to shut us down from personally giving evidence to the greatness of God. You know the kind of fear I'm talking about. 
Fear of what others might think about us. Fear of not knowing enough. Fear of making someone else angry. Fear of losing something if we give witness of the Lord. This fear is real because many times people will think ill of us. We won't know enough. Someone will get angry and we may lose something very precious. For those of us in America, the stakes are not nearly as high for those around the world who could literally lose their lives. Even in this year of 2012, real people lose their lives for Jesus every day. Just one year ago, the Deseret News reported that a Christian is martyred every five minutes in our world. That's shocking, but true. Taking a few moments to think through the opposition to our purpose of being a witness for Christ gives us a reality check, which helps us to, us to understand what Jesus told the disciples. See, as eager as they were to give witness to Christ, he had already given them instructions in the Gospels to wait until they received the Spirit, and now he's telling them to wait until they receive this power from on high. They were to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Notice he didn't say, And I hope you shall be my witnesses, or you might be my witnesses. No, he said, You shall be my witnesses. See, when the Holy Spirit gets involved, there is great power despite any opposition. doesn't matter if it's from within or without. Consider the contrast between the Peter who hid in the shadows during the crucifixion of Christ and the Peter who boldly proclaimed Jesus once the Holy Spirit got involved and came upon him. You can read about that in the Gospels and in Acts chapter 2 and following. See, being a witness for Jesus is spiritual warfare, but God has given us all the power that we need. He even gives us the power to, to even know that we need to be a witness. Not only did the Holy Spirit come upon him, he comes upon us when we embrace Christ as our Savior too. As we embrace Christ, we are now in Christ, and the true purpose of our lives is revealed. Throughout this quarter, we're memorizing truth about our purpose. And, and as we're seeing this week, part of that purpose is to be His witness in the power of the Holy Spirit. As His witness, we give credibility to His glory and nature and love. We experience Him through the Spirit living within us. We see Him through the Spirit living within us. We hear Him through the Spirit living within us. And when we do, we share Him through the power of the Spirit speaking and moving through us. In my own life, I have journeyed through lots of interesting places in this whole purpose of being a witness for Christ. I have definitely known the fears from without and from within. I have definitely tried to be his witness on my own and failed. And I have definitely relied on the power of the Spirit and been amazed at his work. And I've watched as others give great witness to Christ. And I've marveled at the Spirit at work within them. And I've watched as others have failed just like me too. I think that's the reason we just have to go back to our verse and remember where our power comes from to give witness to our great God. It comes from Him, from His Spirit who comes upon us and are surrendering to or waiting upon His Spirit. And I don't just need His power to overcome my fear, open my mouth, and still the objections of others around me. I need His power to reveal Himself to me so that I even want to give witness of Him in the first place. We are so reliant upon Him in this part of our purpose. On so many levels, He has to supply the power for us to be His witness. He has to do that for all of us. 
I will never forget something I saw one time related to this part of our purpose. Back in the mid-80s, when I was just beginning to get my feet planted in my faith, I saw a book titled, I Hate Witnessing. Now, on the cover was a picture of a man looking all depressed and frustrated. And as I glanced at that book, there was this conflict within me. Something just wasn't right about that title and that picture. Now, let me say, I never read the book, and it may have just been a shock title just to get people's attention. I really don't know. I just knew that the title bothered me. See, I knew enough to know witnessing shouldn't be a job we despise, but witnessing of God should be a joy because of the good we experience in Christ. But see, I was in conflict because I knew at that time in my faith, I was very uncomfortable in being a witness for Jesus Christ. I wouldn't have said I hated it, but I sure didn't have a grasp on being a witness with joy. Now, as I've come face to face with the truth we find in our verse this week, and I've walked through a lot in my journey with the Lord, I can now look back with more understanding. See, even though the Holy Spirit lived within me then, I was still so young in my faith, I really didn't have a clue of how to personally relate to the Holy Spirit. I had not waited upon Him. I had not surrendered to Him yet. I had not allowed Him to rule and reign in me. So I was experiencing God and hearing and seeing God in my day-to-day living. So I wasn't experiencing Him and seeing Him. So I had little to give evidence of because I wasn't allowing the Spirit's power to work in me. Now, as a believer, I knew that I was supposed to be a witness for Jesus Christ, but I never seemed to do that very well because there wasn't any power of the Spirit in my life. So this part of my purpose became for me more of a job than a joy. I think that's the difference. When we are surrendered to the Spirit, when we're waiting on Him to come upon us and work in our lives, we have power to be God's witness because we experience so much with the Spirit. There's lots to tell about because we're hearing and seeing lots of divine things and we're excited and convinced and persuaded. And so it isn't a job to witness. It isn't something we hate, so to speak, but it is a joy. In fact, we can't be quiet about him because his ministry in our lives is so profound and rich. The idea of hating witnessing seems as ludicrous because it seems so ludicrous because how could we not witness when the spirit's working, when he's moving in us and setting us free? How could we not give evidence of that? We don't hate witnessing, but we're filled with joy to witness. Just like one of the disciples in Acts said, I can't stop speaking about what I have seen and heard. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit does so many things in power. Sure, he can do the super big things like move mountains and heal and raise the dead, but he also does the big things of directing and comforting and convicting us of sin and reminding us of truth. He does the very great thing of showing how great God is in our lives. If we don't wait upon him to do that kind of work in us, in our flesh, Our lives will get very caught up in so many other things and we will miss what God wants us to experience and to hear and to see. But when we surrender to his powerful working in our lives, we will be caught up in God's good work in us. And the powerful outflow of that will be that we want to give evidence of him with joy. The disciples didn't have to wait on the spirit, but they did. And God worked through them in mighty ways as they were witnesses for him. We don't have to wait on the Spirit either. But if we want to be His witnesses in powerful ways and fulfill that part of our purpose, we must. So who are you? And what are you doing here? You are a Spirit-filled witness of Jesus Christ. 
powerfully able in his power to give evidence to all that you have experienced, seen, and heard in him. How is that for a life of purpose?